Hey guys, welcome back. Today I have a very special episode for you. We are talking about hair loss with Dr. Elena, who is a naturopathic doctor. We did an Instagram live and I decided to use the audio uh, to put it into this podcast. So it is over an hour long, but it is full of very juicy information on how you can take care of your internal health in order to help grow your hair. So she takes over the first part of the interview where she talks about her expertise as a naturopathic doctor to help us optimize our systems and our bodies. In the second half of the interview, I will be talking about how to best take care of the hair that you already have in order to make sure that it's nice and strong and so you're able to grow it to the length that you want and keep it nice and healthy and shiny. I do have to make a disclaimer. Dr. Elena is not allowed legally to push any supplements or sell any supplements or diagnose over the internet. So if you are wondering about how to optimize your health, please feel free to get in touch with her. I will link her website in the show notes. She does offer 20-minute free consultations so that you can see if you guys are a good fit. So without further ado, here is the episode. going to talk about hair loss and Elena's going to start Dr. Elena, right? Yeah. (laughs) So you're going to start off with talking to us about the internal ways that we can take care of our hair health because as a hairstylist, I know that as soon as we have any stress or if we have, it's just stress on its own can wreak havoc on our hair and, but sometimes it comes back once the stress is gone. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thing too. And our diet, sometimes people go on diets, very, very intense crash diets, and you can see it on the hair health, thyroid, iron, all of that good stuff. So I never know what to tell my clients as a hairstylist. I'm just like, take all the supplements, like meditate, <laughs> like do whatever. Um, but I'm so glad you're here with me today. So you can tell us um, how to take care of our health um, internally. Sorry. Awesome. Not good. Okay. Yeah, how I'm super yours? excited to uh, yeah. discuss this because there's so many different things that go into hair health and hair loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll kind of try to address the biggest ones and we might not get to everything today, but I'll try to, um, basically get the biggest ones. And I think one thing that we will take away from this presentation at the end of it is how tightly linked everything is in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, with stress, that is a huge one. So that one comes at hair health from all angles. So let's kind of take it all the way down to the basics of what's going on in our body when we're really stressed. So when we're stressed and we're experiencing stress in our life, our body's in more of that sympathetic nervous system state. So that's that classic fight or flight that everyone's heard of, right? Where um, it was a mechanism developed in our nervous system back way primal days to address a threat. So whether you need to prepare your body to fight that threat or run away as fast as you can. Uh, Your body's not prioritizing making hormones during this stage. It's not prioritizing digesting your food. And it's not prioritizing things like processes like hair growth and and hair health. It's just prioritizing physical performance. And getting it safe. Like, yes, exactly. So it's very survival. Yeah. Instinctive. Okay. Yeah. So think about your daily life, right? You've got a go, go, go lifestyle, or you have a lot of emotional stress. Um, And that's the thing. There's so many different forms of stress. It's not just, oh, hey, I have a busy schedule. It's social stress, emotional stress, financial stress, um, stress on the body in terms of um, intense workouts without adequate recovery. Right. Um, What kind of of foods are you eating? Are they really um, creating a lot of inflammation in your body? Are you not reacting well to them? Um, gut dysbiosis, that stress on the body because of the inflammation. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in general, right, there's so many things that pile together that create the state of stress that we're responding to. Um, and it can be kind of low grade, like for COVID stress, for example, mm-hmm. we have this ever present threat around us and we're always worrying about it, whether we go to the grocery store or the dentist and it's, it's new. So we're just always looking out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, it's just that extra little notch up from what we're used to. So kind of going back to that, we have that sympathetic nervous system state where we're not prioritizing hormone regulation, hair growth, uh, digestion. We're prioritizing that 
um, survival mode. And then we have that parasympathetic nervous system state uh, that we can work on more. And that's the one where we are prioritizing that hormone regulation, digestion, resting, uh, that kind of thing. So on top of all that, it's what you mentioned too, that cortisol itself, so that's our stress hormone. Yeah. Um, when that's chronically elevated, that is contributing to stunting hair growth at that follicular level, like you mentioned, right? So- Wow, uh, I didn't know right. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, pot, there's that down at a cellular level, the follicle and everything's going on in the hair follicle. Um, it's those like cell division and blah, 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 making hair. Um, and that's kind of stunted when we're, when we've got chronically elevated cortisol because, and that's, that's just part of that mechanism. We're not prioritizing that kind of thing. Um, and then again, with stress, when it's chronic, it's also affecting, um, like I mentioned, not just the production of our hormones, but the actual balance and regulation of it. So, um, it's disrupting the balance of all our other hormones, like sex hormones, thyroid hormone, insulin hormone. Um, and these are all things that play a huge role in hair health. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, now I'm like, what do we have to do? <laughs> I know. So, so that's why stress management is so important for just, even if we just want to talk about hair loss, stress management in itself, that's a huge step one. So okay. that that's one of those big foundations of health um, and kind of, an obstacle to health that needs to be addressed before jumping to, okay, like let's take this targeted little like supplement or whatever that's for hair health. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, okay, well, what's in the way of, of that hair loss? What's the root <laughs> pun intended exactly. of, the, <laughs> of, of hair loss in itself. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's, that's some of it. Um, and then there's the independent hormonal issues as well. Right. So um, some people will struggle with, um, higher, uh, androgen levels. So that more like male hormone, um, picture. So, um, let's say we have elevated DHEA. So this is again, kind of a precursor to some sex hormones and testosterone and all that. Um, and so we see these things in PCOS. So polycystic ovarian right. syndrome. Yeah. So, um, that's where you might see some hair loss where you don't want to like the top of your head, um, and hair growth where you don't want to like the top of your lip. <laughs> so that's again, affecting, um, what's going on with our hair at a different hormonal level. Mm -hmm. Um, does that make sense? Am I like going really fast? <laughs> so or? much sense, but it also is stressing me out as you're talking about it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, okay, there's so much because there's so much that we're not thinking about, right? Like you're talking about how you go to the grocery store and you're wondering if you're going to catch COVID. And yeah. I'm in the salon all day. I'm wondering if I'm going to catch COVID. And yeah. my clients are also thinking, so they're stressed out and everyone's stressed out. Um, what can we do besides, you know, the, the regular things that we hear about, like meditation and take regular walks, even workouts? You said if we overwork our bodies, we can end up overstressing ourselves. Is that correct? Like what can we do? Yeah. So we can work out and we don't hurt ourselves. Yeah. And it's all about balance, right? And, and trying to find what works for you. Um, and sometimes that means working with a professional to figure that out. Um, but there are so many different stress management techniques and, and trying to figure out, okay, where is your stress? Source? So when I talk to, to patients about stress, I'm always asking them, okay, tell me about your stress levels in general. Tell me about what your sources of stress are. Tell me about what your coping mechanisms for that stress is and what's your kind of go-to behavior, right? So, and it's not that it's worth trying to label like good or bad coping behavior. It's more to tell me, okay, well, where can I intervene? So sometimes when people um, you know, reach for like glass of wine consistently for stress, then it's like, hey, like we can actually work on reducing that and instead doing X, Y, Z, right? Right. Um, so for stress management, things that I offer are things like nutritional supplementation, herbal medicine, acupuncture, um, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of avenues you can take. Um, and there's a lot of lifestyle things, like you mentioned, with the, the meditation. Um, I know that can be super hard to get started with, um, mm -hmm. sitting with our thoughts when we're stressed Especially out. Especially because your brain's like, I don't want to do this right now. I have stuff. Exactly. It's like the worst. But it sounds like from what you're saying that we have to have like a serious mind-body awareness. We yes. have to know what our triggers are. And mm -hmm. we have to know what works for me may not work for you. 
and what's mm-hmm. causing my stress because something that's causing you stress may not cause any stress right and so we have to figure out exactly and sometimes it's so like underlying like we've been living with it for so long and I think now during COVID I feel like things are coming to the surface that we don't want to look at emotionally because we're totally. alone and yeah. that's causing us even more stress than the outside triggers Absolutely. And it's all the perception of stress too. So like you said, what might be stressful for someone else might not be stressful for this person, right? It's, it's, it's all, um, different life experiences that kind of create those filters we see life through. Um, but if we do kind of scale it back to thinking oh, there's, you know, there's breathing exercises that, um, have a ton of research behind them in terms of, um, if we want to go back to the beginning of our interview where we talked about that sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system state, um, there's breathing exercises we can do that are really simple, really basic, but they do stimulate our body to bring ourselves into that parasympathetic side of things. So if and, shortcuts, can we do shortcuts then? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? It's like, it's small little, little things. We slowly, it's baby steps, right? Yeah. So trying to add in, um, little things where you can and slowly try and manage that stress, um, throughout the day, um, can help bring it from a 10 out of 10 to an eight out of 10. And then, you know, you get help with a professional, whether it's an ND or a psychotherapist or whoever, um, and you, you know, bring it down another few notches and you're slowly gaining that management of stress and it's, um, you know, leading to better health overall. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so stress management, number one. And I'm thinking (laughs) sleep probably has a lot to do with it, too. So I love sleeping. (laughs) I'm a big sleeper, but sometimes I I can't sleep and I I can see it and my hair starts to fall out (laughs) if I don't sleep enough. Yeah, Yeah, and that's that's hugely, again, related to that whole hormonal – the when we're not getting adequate sleep, we start to see the trickle down effects on our stress levels, on our hormone production, our thyroid health, um, our blood sugar control. Oh. Right. So it's like this crazy, yeah. everything's so it's, connected. It's all like such a domino effect. And I think if we find, find the root, I think it comes down to like, I love the breathing exercises. That's something yeah. I would do. Like just take little time in the day to do breathing exercises and that can help you grow your hair like that's pretty awesome (laughs) yeah I mean (laughs) maybe down in the in the gate long stream of things for sure it's uh, one piece of the puzzle right okay so Um, moving on to the next uh, point yes so um gut health huge and this is on so many different levels right so (laughs) this is what we're eating this is how are we breaking that food down and how are we absorbing those nutrients so there's so many facets to it um so like i said when we're if we're eating while stressed or on the go and we're not in that more you know, relaxed state, Mm -hmm. we're not going to be breaking, we're not going to have those digestive processes optimized and ready to break the food down, have all the enzymes and acid and everything produced to contribute to breaking it all down. Um, and then getting the nutrients out of that food. Um, and so also are we eating enough? It's so common that we don't get enough protein in our diet. So many of my patients, I just don't see them getting enough protein. Okay, can we talk about protein? Because I love protein. And I know that protein is a huge building block of our skin and hair. But I'd love for you to maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. So it's, um, I try and tell everyone you need to get protein at every meal, just get it in at every meal. This is huge for whether it's blood sugar control, metabolism, uh, nutrients, getting just enough throughout the day to support your bodily fun- bodily functions and hair health. Yeah. Uh, it, it really is, um, absolutely critical, um, and getting, making sure that we're able to digest that protein. So we want to make sure we get enough, but we want to make sure we break it down and absorb it. Um, So that's something I'll try and get to that in a second in terms of breaking down and absorbing it um, on top of the whole making sure that we're in that state ready to actually break it down and absorb it. Um, But some other things that play a huge role, uh, minerals and and vitamins that play a huge role Mm -hmm. in hair health and hair growth process are things like iron, vitamin D, B vitamins, selenium, zinc, magnesium, healthy fats. Um, All of these play a huge role in hair health itself, as well as 
hormonal health. So thyroid health. Okay. <laughs> so see how everything's sort of. Yeah. And you know, I like, I also know it helps with your brain health too. Like it keeps you yeah. sharper, it helps you sleep and it does regulate because it regulates your home. Like it, it's all holistic, right? Yeah. It's um, all connected. Yeah. So sources of protein would be like, I mean, I'm a big fan of like salmon. Yeah. Um, I do have protein shakes when I'm on the go and I don't feel like eating sometimes, yep. but I know I should eat something. So I put a ton of spinach in my protein shake with some peanut Good. butter and like protein powder. And I'm like, okay, I got my protein and it tastes like <laughs> dessert. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like <laughs> two birds, one stone. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's awesome. so absorption is really important because I've, I know so many of my clients will have like an iron ish deficiency or they're anemic. But they mm-hmm. have to get, um, they have to actually get like transfusions or whatever you call it. Like, so because yeah. their body won't accept the iron. Um, yeah. I also know B vitamins, B complex is that, because I feel like my hair started growing crazy once I started taking B vitamins or B complex. Yeah. They all play a huge role in that for sure. Okay. Um, and, and, um, I'll kind of jump forward a little bit yeah. to that, that iron. So um, there's different forms of iron, right. Um, in terms of absorbing it well. So there's different forms that people can try, um, more like animal sourced iron is a little bit better absorbed and less constipating. Cause I know that that's often, yeah. um, a big issue for people who are supplementing with iron. And again, I just want to really reiterate, I don't suggest iron supplementation unless it's guided by a healthcare professional who's seen your lab work because it is something you can reach toxic levels of. So, I'm not endorsing oh, this. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I just have to be very careful and, and very safe. But um, our our microbiome, so I'm sure you've heard this word everywhere by now. Yeah. Um, basically, we have it on our skin, on our mouth, our, our digestive tract, everywhere, right? Um, and so we have what can happen is we we're supposed to have, you know, more harmful bacteria or sorry, more beneficial bacteria (laughs) than harmful. Um, but sometimes we get that imbalance. And again, that's affected by what we're eating and how we're eating and stress and everything. Um, but our bacteria, they, so our microbiome, they produce, they digest the food we eat and they produce their own little metabolites. So (laughs) it's like they have their own little microscopic digestive system. So cute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what they're producing are things like iron, B vitamins, um, different inflammatory markers or not, if we have better balance. Um, But that's why our microbiome can actually play a huge role in hair health because they also play a role in maintaining that nutrient status for us as well. Okay. So, um, and when we have that imbalance of more harmful versus beneficial, that's when we really start to see um, more inflammation happening, more irritation in the gut. And because the more harmful ones are producing these inflammatory um, metabolites, this inflammation created in the gut, um, think of your intestines, right? They're like these tubes and the lining on the tube is just beautiful lining that should be nice and healthy with lots of immune cells and and healthy mucus that's really protective. Um, But when we have lots of inflammation, um, that stuff all starts to degrade and become um, unhealthy, right? So instead of have, if you go and like zoom in at a cellular level to the cells of the intestinal lining, and they should look like this, right? Um, there's with with the inflammation, it's really degrading that health and quality of the intestinal lining. So those cells start to not be so tightly held together, right? Like they're just not strong, and so we have particles like inflammation or food particles and what have you passing from that intestinal area into our bloodstream right that shouldn't be so our immune system sees this and they're like what's that so they flag it and then a whole inflammatory cascade and immune cascade happens Um, and then that's where we start to trickle into more inflammation in the body uh more autoimmunity which again (laughs) links to the thyroid which i'll talk about in a second um and so that's where we do see again contributing to hair loss and poor hair health um so is that is that why like people always say that sorry like your gut health is so important because if you clean up your gut lining then you can your body will get rid of waste properly and it doesn't cause inflammation after that like it doesn't um does that make sense 
Yeah, yeah. So what we want to do is make sure we're breaking our food down nice and really well so that we're getting the nutrients from it and so that when it passes into our intestines, it's not creating that inflammation and disruption in the microbiome. So that's like step one, breaking things down really well. Then we also want to make sure that our microbiome environment in our gut is nice and healthy. So we want to make sure we support that. And we also want to make sure that we're supporting the gut lining in itself. And these are all stepwise and case-based, right? So depending on who's sitting in front of me, what their symptoms are, um, what their case is, okay, like what step do we start at and what are we working on? Um, but it's in, in itself, there's there's layers to it um and so that's why it gets a little complex um and there's many different basically we're seeing how many areas there are for things to go wrong (laughs) yeah because we're just so such complex creatures there's so many factors involved everyone is so different (laughs) i'm just like wow like yeah i would come to see you if i have an issue right yeah yeah yeah. And right. so it like just to jump ahead, how how many sessions do you think it would take to figure out to get somebody on a regimen or on a plan? Like say if they have and I guess it depends on what their issues are. But on yeah. average, as a doctor, naturopathic doctor yourself, what would you say? Mm-hmm. How many sessions? And it, yeah, so like you said, it really depends on the severity of the case. It depends on you know how well people are able to um, you know stick to the the guidelines that we mm-hmm. we make a plan of. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that being said, like I'm always trying to work with patients and see, okay, well, what's realistic for you to stick to? I want to, I don't want to give you this big plan if you know for sure that what's realistic for you is you're only going to start slow with a couple of things. That's fine. You'll just see more gradual results. Right. Right. Um, so it, it's totally depending on the severity of the case, what the patient's able to work with and do, um, and, and all the other kind of influencing factors and life is life. There's always going to be obstacles, um, and setbacks, you know, three steps forward, maybe half a step back, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's hard to say on average, right? Some people feel like they're noticing great improvements after one appointment. Some people take three appointments and, and it totally depends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, we're always looking for um, progress. So, okay. If, if you were like at 10% before, are you at 15% now? Are you, as long as we're making that upwards um, progress, then that's, that's good. We're on the right track. Um, but on average, maybe it helps if we kind of discuss length between appointments. So on Mm -hmm. average, after the first visit, it's usually around three to four weeks until the next follow-up. Then after that, maybe another four weeks, we want to give things time to, to make change time to take effect time to like monitor progress, um, and not, not, you know, meet too close where we're not able to notice any changes or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then over time, it slowly gets more mm-hmm. spaced out as we kind of get a hold on things. So, um, again, it depends, but, um, is it possible to be, get worse before you get better? Have you sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. It, 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 it depends again on whatever the main concern is or, or what we're working with. Um, but it, it can possibly sometimes happen that way. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? The last thing I'll talk about is the thyroid. So this is mm-hmm. actually a huge one. Huge. <laughs> huge. Yeah. huge. Yeah. So this is a big problem for not just women, but for men too. And I think that oh. that's really misunderstood because we know, I mean, most women know because um, we're, we're very familiar with it ourselves, um, how common it is for women to experience some form of a thyroid problem or dysfunction. Um, but men suffer from this too. Um, and whether it's men or women, it's, it's really frustrating how often thyroid conditions are either a misdiagnosis or a missed diagnosis <laughs> um, or yeah. undertreated oh. or mistreated mm-hmm. um, because it's so more more often they only measure like, you know, the one uh, lab value, but that doesn't tell me enough of what's going on. So usually TSH, that's thyroid stimulating hormone. That's the one that's commonly ordered 
um, conventionally. And that's usually the one they use that's covered by, by OHIP and everything in terms of, okay, like what are we, how are we monitoring thyroid health and function? What that's telling us is the brain communicating with the thyroid gland saying, hey, like I'm stimulating you, like produce more thyroid hormone, but it's not telling us how much is actually being produced from the thyroid gland itself to go around the body and, and do its job. Um, so the thyroid gland produces two thyroid hormones, T4, T3. T3 is the most active one, and most of T4 becomes T3. Okay. And so we already have issues here. How much T4 are we producing? How much T3 are we producing? Are we converting enough T4 to T3, right? It's already just right off the bat. We need to know more on these numbers in labs. Um, and then there's the antibodies, right? Like the autoimmune disease we talked about um, previously that contributes to hair loss. Um, so whether that's alopecia or another uh, autoimmunity or if it's Hashimoto's, that's the, um, against the thyroid gland affecting mm-hmm. hair quality. Um, uh, so we want to see the antibody levels, like what's going on there. We want to see um, another thing called reverse T3. So this is what um, our body uses as another protective mechanism. So what it does is this elevates when we're in a lot of stress. Um, And this, again, stress on the body can be, um, you know, perceived stress or it can be undergoing stress like if we had a previous eating disorder, right, starvation. So it's a stress Mm -hmm. on the body. And what the body's doing is it's taking the active form of T3, right? That's the one that's like revving up our metabolism and, and Um, giving us energy and providing energy to a lot of our cells in our body. And it's putting it into reverse T3, which is inactive because it's trying to save ourselves. It's trying to slow us down. It's trying to protect us from um, the stress that it thinks it's undergoing. So there's so many values we need to look at when we're looking at thyroid health um, in terms of lab work. Um, and that's that's kind of my rant on why it's so underdiagnosed or undertreated or just mistreated kind of thing. Okay. Um, but basically, to make it much more simple and less ranty, <laughs> <laughs> um, when we have low thyroid function, it's affecting hair growth, it's affecting hair health. Um, it's not just hair loss, but it's also make if it's low thyroid function, we might have uh, dry hair, brittle, brittle hair, Mm -hmm. um, lots of breaking, falling out, lackluster. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes it can be, um, overtly greasy too, depending on on what's going on. Um, you'll also see poor nail health. Um, so whether like flaking and peeling, breaking a lot, um, you'll see things like, uh, depression, brain fog, fatigue. Um, like I get, like I said, poor skin, hair, and nail health hair and nail health, um, mm-hmm. cold intolerance, that kind of thing. Um, so what plays a role in thyroid health is what we talked about before. So all those nutrients we mentioned that play a role in hair health, they also play a big role in thyroid produ- hormone production and the conversion and all those levels that we talked about where things might go wrong. How does it show up in men? Same thing. Do they still have, uh, cause I know it's very common in women and I know that brittle hair, uh, dry ends, um, Mm -hmm. I can immediately tell that there's a thyroid issue. But Mm -hmm. for men, they have very short hair, so sometimes you can't tell that the hair is, like, dry or, you know, they cut it so often. So how does it show up in men to also brain fog and same same thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you'll see those symptoms that we talked about. Um, And then some more symptoms also, men and women, things like the fluid retention all over the body, so lots of swelling, um, uh, that kind of thing, right? So, and then um, usually on the end, the lateral sort of third of the eyebrows start to get really sparse in comparison to the rest of the eyebrows. Oh. Yeah, that's another um, clue. So there's there's a lot of different um, things and cholesterol, like persistent um, high cholesterol or imbalance in cholesterol, um, that's tightly linked with thyroid issues too. So there, it's, it's a really complex system. It's really right. complex um, place to get into when we talk about thyroid health, but, um, there are lots of different ways to assess it and address it. And it's all individualized. It all depends on the person, person's genetics and history and, and yeah. lifestyle and food and just everything that's going on. So, um, 
We're, we're very, very complex beings. As we are. <laughs> this is like such a massive uh, endeavor to just figure out one person. Like it's, it all, is, it really, really is. And like, and you don't know if it's like the chicken or the egg argument, right? Like, is it, are your emotions causing these or is, is your, is the disease hereditary and causing poor emotions and then it like cycles through and anyway <laughs> yeah but that's why I know and I'm sure <laughs> yeah I'm sure I talked a lot I do this all the time I just like motor oh, like crazy please. so yeah like, if, if only we had a slow-mo button so that <laughs> we can always do another live we can always do another yeah. video and like totally. go more in depth maybe yeah um, so did, have you covered everything that you want to talk about I think that's kind of the main big guys. Yeah. Um, and as you can see, they all end up being so connected to each other and the body's so tightly linked. And that's why it's such a investigative detective work trying to um, yeah. really get to the root of it all. Right. Like we really, it's so important to not just be like, okay, let's take this or like, let's just be like, I need my hair to grow. It's like, well, why are we having trouble with that hair growth or the hair health? What are we missing? Um, what's out of balance? What's going on here? What else are you experiencing? And um, really diving deep. And um, sometimes there's problems that people come in with where um, they're like, oh, like I want to address this hair loss. And through that, because we're working on the root of the problem, we end up overall health just being better, right? Because we're trying to figure out well what's going on in the rest of your body that there's something wrong with the hair um so that's that's my internal intake um or input I guess you could say um I know that um you're the expert on all the external stuff we can do and and talk about for (laughs) hair hair issues hair issues yeah yeah so feel free to ask me um if you have any hair problems or hair issues so I will talk about taking care of the hair that you already have, that Mm -hmm. we already have on our heads. Um, The first thing I want to start with is talking about like the scalp health. So having a good scalp and a clean scalp and an invigorated scalp is really important because underneath that is like hair follicles. So if the hair follicles are alive and well, and they're going through their phases of the intelligent, antigen intelligent then the hair is going to grow and it's going to go through the cycle as it's meant to. Some people uh, stay in the antigen phase longer than others, which is why you'll find some people's hair grows really, really fast, no matter how much they cut it. And then some people's phases are a bit slower. So that's just normal. There's nothing wrong with you if you don't have hair that grows fast or if it grows um, too slow. So that takes me to like using a good shampoo that's going to keep your scalp looking or feeling really, really healthy. So a lot of people have this misconception that if they don't wash their hair, that it's better. The natural oils are good for you. So you can go a week without washing your hair. You can use dry shampoo. It's not a problem. It becomes a problem when there's buildup on the scalp because if there's buildup on the scalp, the hair can't go through. It's just going to be right. blocked. It's just going to have a really hard time coming through, which makes sense, right? But we always think, like, I find, especially men, they want to hold on to the hair that they have. So they're like, I'm not washing it because it's going to fall out. I'm like, well, the follicles are already left. Like, not the follicles are alive, but, like, the, the hair's already fallen out. So there's really nothing you can do. You just kind of, it's just sticking to your scalp and it's not doing anything. And it also holds on, like all of that oil can hold on to debris and dust from the outside world. And it just gets really, just, it's not a nice sight. So just cleanse it. Uh, make sure your scalp is, is nice and healthy. There's scalp scrubs. I personally don't really use scalp scrubs because um, I don't like the gritty feeling of something on my scalp. So I use a detoxifying shampoo. We can use, I love the Kevin Murphy one. It's got tea tree and witch hazel in it. I tell all my clients about it. Um, And I also love, if you want to go to a drugstore, you can use the Neutrogena one. So it's a clarifying shampoo. I think it's like $10 and it's really nice. Leaves your hair squeaky squeaky clean. So in addition to that, I would put my clients on a good hair care regimen too. So a good shampoo and conditioner for hair loss uh, again, I'm going to go back to the Kevin Murphy because I've seen like really, really good results with it. And almost every brand has some type of a system. So usually the 
the shampoo is one that's clarifying. It keeps your scalp really nice and healthy. And then the conditioner you leave on for like two to three minutes because it has nutrients and external vitamins and all kinds of good stuff that can sit on your scalp and help the, with the growth of the hair. And then the last third step is usually a treatment of some sort. So nice. something like a little scalp spray, you know, you put it in and it helps. It works while you're sleeping, like as you go on through the day. Some of them can be a little bit gritty, so you might have to like comb them through. They can be a little bit sticky, but otherwise that's a really good system. I know Aveda has one. Um, Kevin Murphy has one. There's one called that you can get at Shoppers called Viviscal, I think, and it comes with a serum as well. So it's really a lot of trial and error, so we're going to have to check what works for you. Sometimes the smell is a big deal for people. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, sometimes you put on a shampoo and conditioner, like, oh my God, it smells too strong or the serum doesn't really work for you. So that is what I would do for my client next. And then we want to make sure that the hair is growing because a lot of my clients want to grow their hair. I mean, I'm actually one of those people. I'm growing out my hair right now. So I have to make sure that I'm going to take care of these hair strands because by the time this hair gets to here, it's usually like three years old. So that's a lot of damage. So we want to take care of that strand and you want to keep it lubricated. We want to keep it like, like a cuticle nice and tight and clean because as soon as the cuticle opens, it breaks, like the hair starts to break off. Okay. So on a very microscopic level, we have to just make sure that the hair is being treated like a silk dress. We don't want to wrap it up. We don't want to let it blow dry it every day. So I always tell my clients, lay off the heat as much as possible. And if you can't, use a heat protectant, blow dry instead of flat iron because blow dry is less damage. If you have to curl it, you can use a wand because that's less damage than a flat iron. Oh, really? Yeah. So a flat iron is heated on both sides. Yeah. And we usually go to 450. Like it's just a natural reaction. We go to 450. So you're basically just like, ironing your hair so much and it's causing so much damage inside of the hair itself so using a wand um usually like i use hot tools and it only goes up to 200 or is it what is it 450 so it'd be like 430 i think instead of 450 but you can put it at like 360 depending on your hair texture and it gives you a nice wave but it's only heat from one side so you can like twist the hair so much sense right (laughs) so it's not like killing your hair when you're using it and then if you're gonna if you want it straight then just use a round brush and a ceramic Mm -hmm. brush that allows the air to run through the brush while you're blow drying it um the the hair dryer needs to be a new hair dryer too because old hair dryers tend to fry the hair (laughs) like they can be actually oh my god yeah because they stop working after a few years um you don't want a hair dryer (laughs) you know all these things are blowing my mind i know right (laughs) You don't want a hair dryer that you've had for like 10 years because the filament gets really hot. It's, it, I mean, it's working, but the heat is not good for you. <laughs> so oh, it's okay. acting like a flat iron. So you want to give it like a nice, like if you're using a good hair dryer, it shouldn't take you very long and it'll give you really nice shiny hair. Okay, good. You don't have to fight with it so much. So that's for styling. Um, what about brushes? So yeah. I feel like I keep hearing all these different like you just said like the ceramic brush Mm -hmm. but then there's like those wet and dry brushes and then there's the bristle brushes I honestly I just don't know what does it depend on hair type kind of thing like what is the best one so I've always gone for ceramic because um it allows the air flow to flow through so it dries the hair faster than a bristle Mm -hmm. brush Bristle, okay. like boar bristle brushes are great for someone who have really has really kinky curly hair. Okay. And because it, it creates a lot of tension when you're blow drying the hair. And it also um, kind of it, uh, makes the oils or whatever product that you're using in the hair distribute better. So it's almost like oh, you're brushing okay. the hair at the same time. Whereas if you're using a ceramic, it's not going to do the same. But the ceramic dries the hair faster. So for your hair type, I can tell it's more on the finer side, like the mm-hmm. hair itself. As yes, well. that's exactly it. It's all, it's like I have so much hair, but the hair themselves are like thin. <laughs> exactly. So for you, a ceramic brush would be perfect. You okay, good. Hold it and like take the blow dryer with it. You don't even need to go up. You just kind of go to the side and it'll give you a nice straight, shiny hair. So yeah, I would go with a ceramic for you but that's the difference. (laughs) 
And so that is for, I think I jumped a little bit too, too fast. So after a good hair care regimen, using a mask is really good. So if we're trying to grow out the hair, a good two types of masks are important. A protein mask, like we talked about protein, yeah. made up of protein. We need to put the protein back into the hair to give it yeah. strength. So there's that. And then too much protein can break the hair. I've never actually seen it, but it actually can dull the hair over time. So if you're using okay. a lot of like strengthening treatments, it can actually make the hair feel lackluster. It's not as vibrant. And especially when we're growing our hair, we want it to look amazing. So that's when you add in a moisture treatment. So like a moisture mask. Okay. So you can do protein once a week and then you can alternate moisture and protein or go really hard on the protein and then introduce moisture back into the hair because your hair is going to need that. Um, So that's a good one for masks. Usually masks are used in between the conditioner, the shampoo and conditioner. So you shampoo your hair and then you would use the mask and then you rinse off with a conditioner. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't use it after the conditioner because it needs to really penetrate the hair. And then you basically use the conditioner as just a seal. Just finish everything off. And then um, a leave-in is like one of the most, I think, the most ignored pieces of hairstyling is a leave-in of some sort. Because if you just leave the hair as it is, it'll be fine, but it's not going to be at optimal health. You're going to dry it. You're going to tie it up. You're going to sleep on it. um, You're going to move it back and forth. You're going to play with it. And that can cause a lot of breakage. So we want to make sure that that's kind of glossed and it's it's there's a leave-in treatment that's going to protect against any external damage. So it would be, I love a good leave-in protein treatment. Um, I'm going to suggest Olaplex. I can't remember what number it is. Six, maybe they have a cream Um, and you just leave it in and it's basically like protects your hair and it strengthens at the same time. So it's working as you're going about the day. Yeah, I've always wondered. I've always see and hear so much about the Olaplex one, and I've always wondered. So you would say you would say that that's a good one. It's a good one, especially if you're if you have yuckier type of hair and it's fine mm-hmm. trying to grow it. It yeah. is very good because our hair gets weaker and weaker as it grows, and we want to put the strength back in. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So if not Olaplex, then some type of a leave-in. I always use a leave-in detangling spray. So my favorite one is from Redken. It's called One United. And it's mm-hmm. like 25 benefits in one spray. So you can use it for your kids. You can probably use it for your pet. Like you can use it on your own <laughs> self. It has UV protection, heat protection. Um, it detangles. It has, it's kind of like a creamy texture, but in a liquid. So you spray it in and you can just like go on and style your hair. I always like to use something on top of that. So a leave-in detangler and then a cream on top. So awesome. that's for leave-in. Yeah, so that's. That's my favorite part. I love a good leave-in treatment. And then what else did I want to talk about? So trims, regular trims are important. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in the six to eight week theory because I think um, salons just made that up to get clients to keep coming back. (laughs) Sometimes there's no hair to cut at six weeks. There's literally like nothing. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. It really depends on how fast your hair grows, right? Like, I don't know about you, but for me, my hair goes slow and I need like Mm -hmm. six months to have Mm -hmm. like a proper trim and a proper shaping. So if your hair grows fast, then you can definitely, you know, keep going for your trims. I also offer dusting. So a lot of stylists offer something called dusting where we just take off the split ends and we cut off like a tiny, tiny bit just to make sure that that hair doesn't get so weak that it starts to split. Because once it splits, there's no going back. You have to cut it. Right. A regular dusting and a regular trimming is important. But I think, like, you can leave. I always say three months is a good time because that's, like, once a season, three months and a half Mm -hmm. to four months if you want to grow out your hair. Yeah. So is that why they say... Um, cause I feel like I, I was asking, uh, before someone and the, where everyone says, Oh, like my hair grows faster in the summer and less in the winter. Is that strictly just actually the ends are just breaking more in the winter kind of thing because they're drier. And so it just is like less, seems like it's not growing because it's breaking more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's possible. But you know what? Our hair breaks in the win- in the summer too, because we're swimming. Uh, right. a lot of people are putting oils and like, 
stuff in their hair, like coconut oil. Mm, don't do coconut oil. It's not good for you. And what does coconut, it do? Which uh, is better? It doesn't, it, oh, don't do coconut oil. No, it doesn't okay. penetrate into the hair. Um, and okay. it, actually, I find it really drying. And it doesn't okay. do anything. Like, And it's also comedogenic, which means that it can cause some type of like, um, like milia or pimple. Right. So if you put it on your scalp, that can cause like pimple on your scalp too. Okay. So I, I don't like it. I've never seen anything good come out of it. I, if you're going to use an oil, I like castor oil. Castor yeah. oil is actually really nice. I don't know if you've had any, if you've used it yourself, but it's pretty awesome. I've used it for um, like castor oil packs or like eyelashes, eyebrows. I love it for that, but I've never put it um, on my actual scalp just because I was worried it would get like tangled, but pretty um, sticky. Yeah. It's pretty sticky. Yeah. <laughs> what about like is there another like single oil? Like you know how there's everyone mm-hmm. talks about different ones always. They're like, no, it's argan oil, no, it's shea butter, yeah. no, it's jojoba oil. Is there one where you're like or like rosehip? Like is there one that you're like, yep, this is a good one for like moisturizing your hair or your scalp or whatever? Or is it better to just use one of the products? That's a great question because you would have to be a chemist or to know like how to use these oils because a lot of yeah. these oils don't actually penetrate the hair and right. just sit on top of the hair. And if you use something like, um, like coconut oil, for example, it's just going to sit on top of the hair and it's not going to penetrate. So the reason we actually use products is because the chemist made a formula that is able to penetrate the hair. Right. You can buy something that says shea butter on it and it's meant mm-hmm. to penetrate your hair. You leave it like I have a treatment in the salon and it sits for 15 minutes and I have to mix two out to uh, a base and the treatment together. And then you mix it in, you put it in and it sits for 15 minutes. And that's going to help your hair grow and it penetrates the hair and it lasts mm-hmm. for like two months. And then you'll wow, come cool. back for another treatment. But if you just put pure shea butter on your hair, I'd can't guarantee that that's actually going to work. I don't know because I'm not a scientist, but from what I understand and from talking to chemists, they would have to mix up something for you. Yeah. That makes sense. Awesome. Answer yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So then I would say the last thing would be like no heat and just be like super gentle with your hair because um, you don't want to do a lot of rubbing motion. Um, you can use a silk scarf because scarves are like super in on trend right now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to use um, scarves too. So when you're sleeping, you can do that as well. Instead of sleeping on a silk pillowcase, you can wrap your hair in a silk scarf. And so you wake up oh. and still looking amazing. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good idea. They're, and they're cute too. And you can get all kinds yeah. of like really cute patterns and stuff. Oh, yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. That's a good one. I think that's about it. Do you have any questions for me? I feel like your, your talk was way more in depth than mine <laughs> that's just because I talk too much this is my issue oh, no, you don't. <laughs> I think actually um, I do want to mention one thing sorry but um lightening your hair so a lot of people are wondering mm-hmm. like if I get highlights and I get balayage can I still have non-damage no damage to my hair the answer is we can't guarantee that because we're lightening the hair you have to use bleach Bleach mm. breaks up the, the cuticle. It we have the what bleach does is it goes inside of the hair and it pulls mm-hmm. the pigment out of the hair. Like that's the only way to get rid of color because it's melanin. Right. So we have to remove the melanin, which means we have to open up the cuticle, remove the melanin, and then close it back with a toner. But okay. your hair is never going to be the same again. Like you're going to lose the structure of the hair. Right. So Olaplex okay. uh, helps rebuild the bonds that were broken during lightning, which is why it's such a great product, but it never builds back the same bonds that were broken. So your hair is made up of a lot of bonds, disulfide mm-hmm. bonds, hydrogen bonds. And when we bl- lighten, the, the disulfide bonds are broken, and those are the ones that cannot ever come back together. It's like breaking up a skeleton, breaking a bone, like it's just, it won't come yeah. back. And okay. So we can try to glue it back together, <laughs> but it's never going to be as healthy as it used to be, which is why treatments is, are really important. And if you're thinking of lightening your hair, I would say don't do it until your hair is in its best shape. So gotcha. lots of treatments. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I do have That's questions for you, actually. Do you want to do the questions that um, we were talking about earlier? Yeah, let me pull them up. On my computer here. Do, do, do. 
I feel um, like you've already covered them, but we can. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go back. I'll see what. Uh, um, so one was B12 in relation to hair loss. So yeah, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of different B vitamins play a really big role in hair growth, whether it's because it's supporting thyroid hormone or other hormone metabolism, um, or, um, actual like nutrients for hair growth itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really provide any thoughts on Rogaine that is like more of a prescription medication right. thing. So that's not my, um, jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I have them right here. Do you want me to just like quickly read? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then I'll see. uh, So I had a question Um, and she's saying that she's taking supplements and she's getting, she's seeing new hair growth happen, Uh, but her new hair growth is also falling out. So her old hair is falling out and her new growth is falling out. So I feel like we already briefly covered this um, Mm -hmm. where it really is a more of a personal issue and you would have to probably talk to her personally Right. See what's really going on. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, and obviously you're the expert on this, but there is natural shedding, right? Like there's some amount of hair we lose per day, but when it's clumps and it's Mm. just crazy amounts, like through the brush, or you can actually visibly see that your scalp is thinning, maybe it's on the temporal lines or just up the top. Um, When you start to see that Mm -hmm. and you notice, I mean... When it's just natural shedding, it might not be as noticeable, but sometimes people, if they haven't brushed their hair um, or like they haven't cut it enough, right? They're like, oh, it's falling out, but it's no, maybe it just got trapped in the curls or something. So um, again, it's, it's kind of hard to answer that question without knowing more about what would be going on with that person specifically. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. And I did actually, you reminded me of something is the regular shedding of the hair. <laughs> so yeah. like I said, like we go through cycles, right. And I had a couple clients thinking that they were losing their hair because they were seeing so much hair come out in their brush and on their pillows. But really when I look at their scalp, their scalp is super healthy. Like new hair is growing. There's no al- like signs of alopecia. I'm not seeing right. any issues with their scalp. So that tells me that their shedding cycle is just really fast. Like they shed hair right. and new hair grows and it sheds and it grows fast. So just because you see hair falling out doesn't mean that you're losing hair or you're going to go bald. Like no yeah. worries. Yeah. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. It's all about kind of monitoring it. And then, um, yeah, seeing, is it really coming out in the shower? Like big clumps like that? Is it, okay. is it, are you starting to notice it or is it just like, Oh, sometimes you notice some's coming out, right? It, it's, yeah, I think it's something. It, it's another thing we need to just learn how to be in tune with our bodies and and pay attention because it's hard when we're really busy and stressed with life. We yeah. forget to pay attention to ourselves. Um, so that's one thing you can kind of monitor for yourself. Okay. Um, do, do, do. And I know that you're you can't prescribe like you you cannot tell people what supplements they should be taking or eating or because that's just not I don't think it's I honestly just don't think it's ethical like you shouldn't exactly yeah so I I definitely I can't really talk and just legally right like unless I'm in an appointment and I've had an appointment with someone I can't say take this or do that or anything I can educate on how our body works and and what what things are influenced by um but I just legally, unless I'm in an appointment with someone, I can't be like, take this and do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know it's a little bit vague, but um, I it's know. more I think we all are looking for a magic pill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, that's why the I feel like empowering people on educating them about their health and how their body works mm-hmm. uh, is huge because then you can pay attention to maybe you start to notice gaps in your lifestyle, your diet, your stress, whatever. Um, where you start to notice things that are a little off. Um, there's a lot of times where we're just told, oh, you're just aging. It's like, well, no, not necessarily. Like, there's something that's not right. Like, I want to dive deeper into that, right? That's so interesting that you said that, because I have, like, older clients who have made way better hair than I do. And, right. You know, and, and it's it really has nothing to do with aging. And I don't understand the aging hair myth. Like, oh, you're aging, yeah. you lose your hair. No, not really. (laughs) Right. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's, it's important to be empowered with our health and, and continue learning more 
and just using it as kind of a base to learn that we can reach out and get help with things because there's a lot of a lot of times kind of like what we talked about today we're like oh like I didn't know that that played a role in hair loss I didn't know that it could be affected by this I didn't know I could treat it or address it with xyz kind of thing so um, it's all about learning what options are out there and different routes we can take to address our health concerns okay amazing yeah um i know this last question was what are the best supplements or foods to have for (laughs) unexplained hair loss we already talked about that can't talk about that um And I have actually a question from one of my clients is how long can telogen, if I think it's effluvium, last or happen? I don't know if I'm saying this properly, but I looked it up. It's basically when hair hair loss happens due to stress, how long after that can the hair come back? I can't say, but I know that if you follow all the right things and you go to see someone like yourself and you see your hairdresser and you don't color your hair and you reduce the stress in your life i have seen mm-hmm. hair bounce back like crazy yeah and usually three to six months but i can't i can't diagnose again like there's so many other factors happening outside of the salon and that's totally. sort of your control as well so yeah that totally it's all yeah. about taking care of yourself and making sure you make that time for self-care you mm-hmm. see your hairdresser you see your nd mm-hmm. really prioritize your health and yourself because if we don't do that, then what do we have? <laughs> um, health as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Health as well, yeah. Um, I did want to touch on uh, hair color. I was talking about hair color. One thing that I do offer my clients is hair gloss. So that's a cool. toner. And mm-hmm. I use um, a brand uh, called Retkin, and it's has zero ammonia. So there's no lift in the hair whatsoever. So a lot of times when you go to color your hair, especially if you're trying to cover gray, we do use uh, a volume to remove the pigment from the hair. So we have to open up the hair and it breaks up the, the structure of the hair. So whenever I use this gloss, it's basically like I call it like a top coat for your hair. So it just smooths down the cuticle and I, it's like a great treatment for the hair. And, and I usually add Olaplex in with it. So it's strengthening the hair as it's coloring the hair at the same time. And it's deposit only. So you can't lift the hair color. You can only deposit color. So you're on the lighter side. You've probably had your hair toned when you lift yes. it. <laughs> so I love working also with brunettes. Like a lot of time, like darker hair, people don't know that they can get a gloss. Right. And what that does is it seals the cuticle because we don't want the main thing is we want the cuticle to be closed mm-hmm. or shine because when the cuticle is open, it lacks shine. It doesn't reflect light. So when we do the gloss, it's basically like a, it's amazing. It's like a two in one. You get um, a treatment and a gorgeous, rich, deep color that fades beautifully. So you don't get any demarcation lines or anything like that. So it looks mm. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That is so cool. Yeah, and you can also add, like, if you want to add a little bit of burgundy, you want to add blue, like, there's a dark blue shade that you can add to your color if you are if you have dark hair. So that cool. would be my recommendation. And did I cut you off? Were you saying something? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good. I think we're good. Oh, it's exactly one hour. It's 11.59. Oh, Look at us go. Fun. Yeah, we're pros. <laughs> we are pros now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, so yeah, so how can people book appointments with you? So I have it on my uh, Instagram, hit the book now button. Um, I get a lot of DMs for, for like specific questions, but I can't do any consultations over DMs, obviously. Even yeah. virtual <laughs> consultations can be really difficult. I need to feel the hair. I need to see it. And then um, I can make recommendations so they can do that. They can book a consultation or a haircut. And for yourself? Yeah, same thing. So on my Instagram, on the link tree, um, you'll have the book online Oakville location. So you can either book your appointment online yourself or you can email me. That's probably the best way to get in touch. Um, That's probably the fastest way to get in touch with me is email. Uh, if you have any questions, um, I do offer a free 20 minute introductory phone consult. So that's an awesome phone call that we do where we talk about your reasons for coming in and um, whether we're a good fit, like how, how I might be able to help you and what kind of direction we might want to take and kind of go from there. 
so yeah it's all on my instagram too i think we're we're very convenient people we are. <laughs> and we're both located downtown oakville <laughs> that's awesome that you offer the 20 minute consultations because how else yeah. are you supposed to know if this person's going to be able to help you or not exactly yeah awesome so that brings us to the end of the episode thank you guys if you've made it this far and for listening in order to get in touch with me my instagram is lena's makeup and hair my email and my website will be linked in the show notes and dr elena's will be linked in the show notes as well i will see you in the next episode